Hey guys, I'm Robert. And I'm Chris. And we're the Film Flamers. Bringing you another Shooting the Flames episode. That's right. For those of you who caught our last Shooting the Flames episode, this is a more relaxed format where Chris and I just sort of, you know, talk to each other about horror news, upcoming movies, maybe give some recommendations, but most importantly, discuss you, the listener. So to kick things off, we're going to do some listener reviews or comments. And as it turns out, since our last episode, we've gotten two new reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whichever you like to call it. Yes. Now we have two. (laughs) (laughs) This brought us squarely to 22 reviews. Thanks. Um, Okay. Sorry. So the first one is from Nick EE89, and he says, as a huge horror fan, I was very impressed with this podcast. They know their stuff. They love a variety of topics, really informative and a cool format. If you're into horror, it's a must listen. The next one is by MCH1383. I absolutely love this podcast and the variety of episodes they have. It's great when they review one more and also great when they have their top 10 lists. Keep up the fantastic work. Anytime someone gives us a review, I always post it onto Twitter and Facebook. And the author of this particular review came out and said, that's me. And um, he apologized for typos. He said he may have been drinking when he left the review. And um, you know what, man? No judgment here. I'm drinking right now while I'm recording this. And, you know, the amount of the the amount, the amount of verbal train wrecks that come out of my mouth because I'm drinking are like astounding. You yeah. Know? You just so. don't hear 90 percent of them because I edit them out. <clears throat> That's right. So we have the uh, the opportunity to edit our shit out. But hey, man, keep drinking and keep listening. So we like to start out by focusing on the listener, you guys. And these are all reviews or comments that come from either social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter or Facebook or from Apple Podcasts or iTunes, wherever you can leave a review for a podcast. We like to feature all those things. And obviously you can do all that stuff at those places. And now you can leave us a voicemail. We set up a hotline, if you Mm -hmm. will, just with this episode in mind. And you can call us at 972 666 Seven seven three three. I would call it a flaming line. I guess hmm. um. the film flamers hotline. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go ahead and leave us a voicemail, and you might hear your own voice on our podcast. That's right. Speaking of which, let's dive right into our first voicemail. Hey guys, this is Erica. Uh, first time, medium time, and my question is: Which fictional partner would you want fighting alongside you against the following categories? Zombie, vampire, and serial killer. Um, Preferably no Buffy, but, you know, if you must. All right. Thanks. Love the show. Awesome voicemail, Erica. We do enjoy getting questions from our listeners. And um, Chris, how would you answer this? So we have to pick a fictional partner. So it can't be you or I that we would choose to fight alongside us from a zombie. It's the first category she said. So we have to pick three different people. Yeah. So I I guess, I guess it could be the same person for all of them, but she had different categories. So fighting zombies, fighting vampires, fighting serial killers, which fictional person would you want fighting with you against zombies? So with the zombies, I would say Mila Jovovich from the resident evil series. Ooh, good. Yeah. I mean, she knows how to do it. She's got superpowers. She's got kung fu going for her. And uh, serial killers, I think I'd want Clarice Starling okay. or even better, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. That's a little partner. And then who's the other one? Vampires. 
Uh, and I can't have Buffy. No, she said no Buffy. She said, if you must. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the same actor. Two, I'm going to go for a twofer and say Abraham Van Helsing. Both oh. uh, Abraham Van Helsing and Hannibal Lecter were played by Anthony Hopkins in the 90s. That's good. Those are Well, you know what? I'm trying to think. It's hard to pick a person to fight against zombies because a lot of them die. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Andrew Lincoln's character from The Walking Dead, Rick, Rick Grimes. Mm. He lasted a long time in that show and he was a pretty kick-ass zombie killer. So I think that he'd be the person I want by my side for that. Um, fighting serial killers. I think I need to pick a duo. Really, I need Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter from Copycat. I think. Oh wow! Going against serial killers, they're the you know the 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 people I want the most with me. I definitely wanted to work in Sigourney Weaver somehow, but it wasn't against aliens or ghosts or anything. So. I think that Sigourney Weaver could probably kill some vampires, or at least Ripley could. So, but that's a stupid choice. I'm not going to say that. Uh, fighting against vampires. Van Helsing is like the number one pick. Sorry. Oh shit. Well, I guess uh, she didn't put rules in that you couldn't pick the same person. Um, Why don't you go for Abraham Lincoln? That's right. <laughs> he was. That's a very good movie. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Erica, for that question. And we hope that all of you guys reach out via this hotline to ask some questions. But there is another listener question that was submitted via Twitter, and that's from at RLTerry1. He says, if you could select the intellectual property and design a house for Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, which movie or TV series would you select? Can't be Warner Brothers or Disney. Uh, and describe the layout and maybe some of the scares. That is a great question. And mine would totally be Alien. Mm -hmm. And that would be them going through the ship, the Nostromo, I believe. Yeah. And uh, going through, and of course, there'd be like the motion sensor thing, and you would have to like, you would come across like the the lockers that open up, and there's like a cat, you know, instead of the alien that you expect. You know, you have to like hear the sounds of other people, other crew members like getting killed on other areas of the ship from far away. And then, you know, trying to like get in your escape pod, and then basically having to like navigate around the alien without you know it being jumping out and touching yours i don't know how they pull all this off but it would basically just be like a walk through haunted house you know with animatronics and everything else it would just be so atmospheric with all like the you know the countdowns happening in the background and all the sparks and mist and steam happening and, and everything else and it would be super encapsulated i feel like it would be fairly easy to do as far as like an enclosed kind of set or walkthrough uh would be concerned so I feel like uh, I feel like that's the answer for me. I think it's a really good choice, and I mean, I because there's so much that you could do prop wise, like you said, to make it a very haunting or scary experience. And I mean, we have to say that <clears throat> neither Chris or myself have been to Halloween Horror Nights. I think it's kind of high on our maybe like you know weekend getaway lists, right? I mean, I would love to go. Sure. And my first answer to this question has already been done at Halloween Horror Nights and that would be Poltergeist but if I'm going to pick something else since you just said Mist that was my other choice was the Mist Ooh. and have it not quite you know 
you have to walk this particular path to get through it. You get put into a, the grocery store for a certain period of time, and you get to sort of explore on your own. Ooh, they could do like the the glass uh, windows that are like floor to ceiling, mm-hmm. and they could make that all like TV screens and like actually show like monsters hitting it. Exactly when you least like expect it, right? Yeah. And so you can do that with Mon- motion sensors, yeah. I would think. You know, giant monsters in the background. You know, like and if you happen mist. to like maybe pick up something from the store or try to touch something, you, something would happen. Or if you like make your way into the loading docks like they do in that movie, you know, and you could even have actors who are in line with you. And they sort of like immerse you in the experience. You know, they start to like freak out or whatnot. And you have no idea if someone's an actor or if someone's, you know, actually watching the show with you. And they could actually make that into kind of an escape room thing. Like you get the doors will only unlock if you can like pick up a brick and hit that hateful religious lady in the head with it. <laughs> oh, Marsha Gay Harden. She was so good in that movie. <laughs> um, so that that's my choice. I think that The Mist would make a fantastic horror attraction, and I would love to go to that. Um, since you just said escape rooms, I was just in uh, Las Vegas with my husband and my parents, and they have a new escape room there that's based on the movies of Saw. Oh. And I really, really wanted to go, and no one would go with me, oh. but I did not dare go by myself. <laughs> So, uh, I guess we're going to have to go to Halloween Horror Nights, and we're going to have to go to Las Vegas, Chris. Well, I'm disappointed in you. You should have just gone anyway. Oh, I would have cried. <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of Arl Terry, you had a uh, comment on our Fatal Attraction sequel ideas. You said, great sequel idea. The title may need a little work. Uh, he also commented that the sequel for Grinder was perfect. And that was yours, I believe. Yeah. You know, and Arl Terry, I... Um... I write what I know. <laughs> so uh, he also commented on our Up in Flames 2018 in review episode. And he said that we kind of broke his heart a little bit. Uh, he was disappointed with our assessment of Hereditary and the new Halloween. You know, as I replied to you on Twitter, Ryan, we liked these movies. We did. They just weren't, you know, super high on our list of that particular year. You know, so but we we understand the merits of each of them, and we both think that Tony Collette had an amazing, amazing performance. Mm -hmm. He always comments on all of our stuff on Twitter, and we are so thankful for that. He continued this particular conversation by talking about how he loved the new Halloween. He said that the moment that Halloween 2018 had the smash cut to the theme music and the logo popped on the screen, he had happy tears in his eyes. And man, I was right there with you. So, but I mean, I happy cry and sad cry in movies all the time. So it doesn't take a whole lot for me, but I, I understand the feeling you were going through and I had the same reaction. Oh, I, yeah, I got a, maybe a tiny bit emotional during that when that happened. Now that you mention it, mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought of about that and actually fairly recently i think i saw captain marvel and uh instead of doing like the normal superhero intro for the marvel logo it was all cuts of stanley Stan and then like the, the next uh screen was like thanks stan or whatever and i like, got like a little teary sort of thing yeah, yeah yeah i was i was crying at that point too yeah <laughs> so for the same episode up in flames our 2018 review brock from cocktail party massacre said that he was seriously on the edge of his seat wondering whether or not i would mention what keeps you alive because he and I had had conversations about that in the past. And Brock, there was no way I could not have you know, mentioned that movie in that particular episode. I was saving the best for last. It is still my favorite of 2018. And I have since seen other movies from that year and nothing has topped it. Jay Carbon from Facebook says, this was an amazing episode. I love the list you guys do. Also, I am beyond pumped about what's coming in 2019. This is so sappy, but truly, it's nice to be part of a horror-loving community. Hearing you guys talk about favorites and non-favorites alike makes me feel all warm and fuzzy about my horror genre obsession. 
Hard same, Jay. Uh, every time I talk to people from the horror community on Twitter or Facebook or even in my personal life, I have a lot of friends who love horror movies, not not just Chris. And everyone is so well-connected and they're so nice to each other and they really you know, appreciate a genre. And even if people you know, have dislikes about movies, we tend to take it in stride and everyone's allowed to like what they like and hate what they hate without repercussion. And it's just an important and amazing community to be a part of. Well, that's all we have for listener comments and questions, guys. We really want to hear from you. So take all those places that we told you in the beginning and reach out to us. We need more questions to answer. Yeah, make your voices heard. And um, remember to call us at 972-666-7733 to leave us your voicemail. It'll probably end up on our next Shooting the Flames episode. Horror News. This just in, Chris. Mike Flanagan has announced the second season of his haunting series on Netflix, The Haunting of Bly Manor, which officially makes The Haunting of Hill House now an anthology series. I love this so much. And this is based on another novel. Is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's going to be based on the novel The Turn of the Screw. Oh my God, Henry James. Classic all up there for you. When I first saw this piece of news, Chris, the first thing I thought of, I thought as soon as he sees this, he's going to be creaming his pants in anticipation for what's coming. Yeah. So I can't wait. Mike Flanagan's going to be directly involved, if not directing and writing the entire thing. Still on Netflix. We loved it. It's going to be great. Adam Robitel will be directing Escape Room 2. Definitely an early horror hit of the year. So we're not really surprised that a sequel is announced so early on. I didn't see this movie. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm really surprised at how much money it made at the box office. It was like number one, like two weeks in a row hmm. for a movie that I thought was going to just fly completely under the radar. Okay. So, um, you know, once I think we see the movie, we'll have a little bit more to say. But I know that people on Twitter and Facebook were just, you know, aghast that something was coming so quickly. I think a lot of people in the horror community have seen and loved the movie Nightbreed. I am one of them. I talked about it in our top 10 film scores because it's one of my favorites. And there has been different cuts over the years, but coming very soon is going to be the three-hour ultimate cut of Nightbreed. Wow. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, do we need another one? But Should of I see that or a director's cut or the original because I've never seen Nightbreed? Um, I, at this point, just wait. I mean, if they're going to release a three-hour cut, watch the three-hour cut. Really? Yeah, I mean... I heard people... Didn't really was that the one that you didn't really like that was done by um that's um Danny Elfman Danny Elfman yeah Danny yeah. Elfman I love the score yeah and I like the score too especially after you introduced me to it on our top ten and originally when I saw the movie I liked it a lot and I liked the novel that it's based on you know it's Clive Barker but I mean when I saw the director's cut when it came out. I liked it a lot better than the original. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to keep putting in all this lost content or footage, then um, I mean I assume it can only get better, but. Okay. I have a history of not liking movies that tend to go into the three-hour mark. You know, I think it's a little long. Yeah, especially if it's something that already is kind of problematic in the in the past. Like, if I kind of don't want to marry myself to the first time seeing Nightbreed as a three-hour feature. I'd rather That's see, true. like, the shorter version. Now, I mean, I think that some of my problems with the original cut, because they, they cut a lot of things about, about the monsters, about the Nightbreed. And if they're going to add more stuff involving them, then, yeah, I'm I'm there for it. You know? Okay. Well, if you think that's what it's going to be, then I'll see that one. But even watching David Cronenberg wearing a burlap sack, like hunting people down as a serial killer. I mean, even that's worth it to watch. I'll watch more of that, I okay. guess. The next item in our news is that Gremlins animated series is in the works from Warner Brothers for their upcoming streaming service. 
yet another service for us to subscribe to. Good lord, I'm having to subscribe to CBS All Access now for the Twilight Zone. So I mean, oh, that's going to be on CBS All Access. Yeah, and we should have subscribed to that. I earlier. never watched Star the new Star Trek. <clears throat> Neither has my show. husband, and he's a Star Trek fan, so we need to subscribe. Obviously, yeah. The potential series is said to be a period piece that would follow Mr. Wing as a young man as he goes on adventures with the friendly Mogwai Gizmo. Uh, how do you feel about that? I'm interested. If it's it's, it, I'd rather it be a live action. Yeah, me too. Quite frankly, yeah, that, that that's my big you know drawback from it. So I mean, like <clears throat> we're gonna get into some other things like Gremlins. I mean, why is Gremlins getting an animated feature when some others that actually sprung from Gremlins are actually getting a full live action series? We'll never know. Yeah, and when they're going to be making a third Gremlins movie, you know, if it's not already being filmed, I mean, it's being, you know, teased for, you know, God knows how many years at this point, but maybe they're jumping on the popularity of that because everyone really wants this third sequel, Mm -hmm. right? And so they're just trying to to do something. But I can only imagine an animated series with Gizmo and Mr. Wing is going to be... I don't, I don't know. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to see. I'll still watch it. I guess I love Gremlins. Uh, the last piece of news, and it's something that was released uh, just this week at the time of this recording, was that the Stephen King novel *The Talisman* is finally going to be made into a feature film, hmm. and Steven Spielberg is attached to this, as is. Um, Really? Kennedy Marshall, that production company that made all his classic stuff, right? To direct? No, he's going to be a producer. Okay. But um, he's he was attached to direct this movie forever. Like, they bought the rights to it. It was supposed to be his thing, and it just never happened, and finally it is. And I think we're getting all of this Stephen King stuff lately. It was bound to happen. And if Steven Spielberg really wanted to direct this, I think maybe we're going to have another Poltergeist situation. I don't know who's directing the movie yet, but if he's producing, it's safe to say that he might be encroaching on some Toby Hooper area and taking over. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you read all the news about Steven Spielberg recently and his thoughts on how Best Picture should be? Yeah. And I, I think he's just old, old school and I'm fine with that. People have different opinions. I just wish he didn't. He wouldn't try and um, flex his muscles on something as big and important as the Academy. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's going to change regardless of what the Academy wants and regardless of what Steven Spielberg wants. So it, it just doesn't matter. They can say what they want and they want that magical theater experience. But that's just not the future. I love the theater experience. And quite frankly, I'm glad that we have streaming options at home. And I'm glad that theaters are having to work harder. That's why we have these assigned seats and super comfy chairs and the Alamo Draft House and things like that, because they're having to work harder to make a more unique and curated experience for people coming in to watch these films. And I'm all for it because when I go to a movie theater, I want it to be special. I want people to respect, you know, other people's watching experience and not be on their phones and not listening and everything else. And all those things are are things that are driving people even more, you know, to the streaming. So um, I, I'm, I'm all for the competition there because yeah. I mean, only good things come out of it, at least right now. And I used to love going to the theater. I did it a lot right up until my, my late 20s when I started to become a really crotchety old man. And I mean, and now I'm securely in my 30s and almost 40. Going to the movies has to be special for me because I don't do it that often. Yeah. And at RL Terry 1, to your point about watching Halloween 
2018, um, I had the most ridiculous theater going experience watching that movie. It was like yeah, opening weekend. And yeah, same right. thing. We had the same weird experience separately. Yeah, there was like people were just talking and talking and talking, and you were at the draft house, and that's like yeah. no talking zone, right? Yeah. And they were just like talking the entire time. They had blankets, like. Uh-huh. It was just the weirdest thing. I'm not going to see an opening horror movie again on opening day at night. Like yeah. I'm going to see it during the day, if anything. And maybe like some of the the people that go in there and do that sort of thing won't be there. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm comfortable at home and I enjoy watching things at home too. And I think that given the freedom that some filmmakers have to to make movies, knowing that they can go to streaming services like Amazon Prime, Netflix or Hulu, right? I, I don't think we should stop them from reaping the rewards. They're just as good as any movie that's possibly theatrically released. So, I mean, I know that's a little off topic, you know, but I was just curious to see what Chris had to say about that. Coming soon. Well, we've got Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone reboot series and its first trailer. Looks like lots of star power and seems like it's a must watch. Yes, this trailer was so good to me. I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm reading your notes. (laughs) Like, I forgot. I completely forgot because I was adding all these other trailers to this list and uh, watching those. And I completely forgot to go back and watch the, the Twilight Zone. Uh, thing because they just launched this. I feel like just a couple years ago, like as a reboot, like they tried to at least like maybe ten years ago. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean it's been in the works, I guess. You know, but once Jordan Peele got involved, no, like I, they launched something. There was a Twilight really? Zone reboot like years a couple years ago. Wow, I know maybe ten that. years ago, maybe a little longer. I don't know, but they tried and it kind of lasted for like a year or two, and then I think it was canceled. So it'll be interesting, of course, especially if Jordan Peele's behind it. It's going to be twisted. Well, based on the evidence that I've seen in this trailer, it looks both simultaneously new and comforting. Like, it looks like there are some old Twilight Zone episodes that they're revisiting, perhaps, Ooh. right? Talkie Tina? Maybe. Definitely. Maple Street? Terror at 10,000 feet or whatever the hell that one is called. Oh, There's something going on in the airplane wow. in one of these clips on this I want trailer. Bill Shatner to be in that. Um, but There's something on the wing. Something. <laughs> Stewardess. I need a cocktail. Uh, there's a lot of stars in this. I mean, I, so many that I didn't even write down the ones that I saw. It happened so fast, but it seems like something that I definitely need to watch. And I know that everyone's excited about Jordan Peele as far as like, you know, horror things go and everyone's going to be on top of this. I know it. Yeah. And I think our hot take for next month is probably going to be a little late. Uh, for when it comes out, but we're going to do it on us. That's right. I know we are both excited to see that movie. Yep. We need to see it together. Another trailer that came out recently was Critters, A New Binge. Um, it's a Shutter exclusive, and I think it's going to be series format and not a movie. Yeah, it's a TV series, and it's live action with the puppets, and it looks just as crappy as, like, if not crappier than, like, the 80s, you know, 90s uh, movies for Critters. And that's why I was asking earlier why this is getting live action and Gremlins is not. But yeah. maybe it was just a, a distinct artistic choice to do Gremlins that way with the things they want to do. So we'll just have to see. But uh, well, I think that most definitely the Gremlins was marketed toward children at its release. Oh, and okay. Critters probably wasn't. No, no, no. That- no. <laughs> yeah, Critters is uh, not for children. And uh, that was one of my first horror experiences as well. That's like one of your bodies. gateway things. So I, when I saw this trailer, I was like, again, I hope that Chris is like really anticipating this because I know you like that series. It looks so like it kind of reminds me of the Evil Dead series that came out. I think it was Showtime or one of those that came out. Oh, Stars. Yeah. Ash vs. Evil Dead. It was really good. Um, But it kind of I don't know. I I never finished it, but uh, I watched the first two seasons. I think they like went through half a third season or 
something before they were canceled. But mm-hmm. anyway, I was really impressed by a couple of things they 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 managed to pull off. <laughs> but uh, um, honestly, like this trailer was hilarious, and they got the tone down. One of the reporters or whatever that's reporting on the critters that are coming. Yeah, she goes. It appears that there are hundreds of hairy balls descending from the air. <laughs> no, I lost my <laughs> shit. I was laughing so hard. Like I cannot wait to see this movie. And when we describe it as crappy, we mean crappy in the best possible fucking sense. I mean, they're literally just kicking, <laughs> kicking these puppets off the table, and yeah. you can tell us like it's a puppet. And like one gets like shot bald or something. I mean, I'm gonna love this. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yep, it's gonna be great. Uh, we also got a uh, a new trailer for Brightburn. Yes, and it's uh, if anything, it's just as good. It's starting to reveal a little too much, though. And yeah, I, I don't want to watch it. You know, it's just like advertising the concept, and it's almost like a concept movie in and of itself with nothing further. But I'm so I don't know if my excitement's going up or down after this trailer. But definitely watch it or not. And uh, I'm, I'm, from here on out, I think I'm just going to go watch the movie. Right? Yeah. I, I don't want to see much more. I liked the teaser and I enjoyed the longer trailer. And I think the reason that my excitement is growing for this is because this trailer made it seem a whole lot darker than the teaser did. Like it seems like a very dark family horror movie. And it seems like uh, that that actress whose name is escaping me right now. Oh, she was in uh, Hunger Games. <sighs> yeah. And, yeah. At any rate, she... Uh, it seems like a really good performance out of her. It seems like a very genuine, dramatic, and scary horror performance from an actress that you don't really see that coming from. Sort of like Octavia Spencer and Elizabeth Ma, Banks. Talk- yes, Elizabeth Banks. Yes, thank you. <laughs> God, she's so funny and shit like pitch perfect, whatever. I just picked up my rotary phone and just came to me. Just <laughs> me coming out of it. So yeah, I just I really want to see her in this movie. It seems it seems good. And like I have said before, like I I'm kind of off the superhero bandwagon, but when they come back with something like this, you know, like this is really what I want to watch. And yeah. it seems good. The next thing is something I found called Flay. And it looks like a supernatural horror. And of course, the links to all of these trailers are going to be in our show notes. That's right. Uh, convenient links to YouTube. So uh, I can't really glean much from the plot. It's kind of like going around to different you know points of view and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, but it still looks interesting. The trailer is kind of confusing to me. It looks creepy, though. It, but it, it definitely does. has a nice, like, scary vibe in it. And I feel like it's received well from early buzz, but uh, it'll just be interesting to see where it goes or what a second trailer might look like and to see what people are saying once they start watching it. So. I do like supernatural horror, especially if it involves, you know, some sort of, like, murder or violence along with it, because mm-hmm. it's a, a, a different take on, like, supernatural stuff. And it seemed it seemed good. It seemed violent and scary, and I'm here for it. Yeah. There's also been announced um, a series of shorts to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Alien, which is uh, this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so 1979. Mm-hmm. So there, uh, six short films have been made, sort of in the vein of the original Alien, by up and coming horror directors and writers. And there's a trailer that's been cut out, sort of like a supercut of all the different shorts, and it just looks uh Amazing. I cannot wait for this. And of course, they start dropping on March 29th. Alien and Aliens, and really that entire franchise for the most part, is one of Chris and mine's favorite. We love Ellen Ripley. She's one of our favorite final girls. And anything that has to do with the Alien franchise, I'm I'm totally there for. So Yeah, I'm always there for it. Although, if somehow every copy of Everything But Alien and Aliens got lost, I wouldn't cry. But... 
Yeah. They are the best. Meanwhile, we got some international trailers, one called The Headhunter, which is a Portuguese, but looks like it's an English language, at least the voiceover was, uh, of a Viking monster hunting revenge movie with monsters. So that looks actually pretty good. It looks like a one-man show uh, kind of survival movie Mm -hmm. hunting. It does look really super interesting and atmospheric. And so I would definitely recommend you checking out that trailer. So Chris sent this trailer to me in our in our notes that we go over before we record. And I had never even heard of this movie, really. And I watched the trailer and based on his description, you know, a Viking, you know, monster hunting person, I was like, oh, this isn't for me. You know, it seems sort of like, you know, high fantasy sort of thing, um, which I mean, I enjoy from time to time. But I was a little trepidatious going into the trailer and i have to say now that this is like one of the movies i'm most looking forward to seeing yeah it looks looks like a lot of fun and and scary and i like i like monsters you know so it's gonna be good to watch i did see as soon as you sent this trailer i was flipping through facebook and twitter and i saw a lot of people mentioning it so i have already posted on our facebook a copy of this trailer from another article so it's been shared Go to our Facebook. You can find it and look at it right away. We've also got a trailer for a German film called Hagazusa. And what does that mean in German? I don't know. And essentially, (laughs) no, I literally don't think it means anything. Well, it does. What does Hagazusa mean? According to dictionary.com, 1830, American English, from Pennsylvania German hex, to practice witchcraft, from German hexen, to hex, related to hex, witch, from Middle High German H, hex, from Old High German Hagazusa. So I knew hexen and hexa uh, for witch. There was even a game back in the day that I used to play called hexen and hexen 2. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I never heard Hagazusa. Do you ever watch a show that was on TV a couple years ago called Grimm? Yeah. Yeah. So they had like, they had like hexen or whatever was their witch character on that? Yeah, yeah. that's like, just literally the German word for witch, right? So it looks like it's in the same vein as The Witch, yeah. which we really loved. Yes. So I do not mind the subtitles if this is, you know, I watched uh, the German Netflix show um, Dark. I haven't seen that yet. Which was really, really good, you know? And so this kind of looks like it's bringing the same quality and atmosphere. And of course, I'm talking about uh, production value. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I definitely would recommend. And what I'm trying to say is uh, don't let like the German language or any other language stop you from watching something of high quality. Uh, and this looks like it's going to be very high quality and uh, great production value. And it looks really interesting and atmospheric uh, just like the trailer before we were talking about the headhunter. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to both of these and to it see was, what other trailers come out for them. It was creepy. I mean, I, there was a moment in that trailer where the girl's laying there and a snake is like sort of crawling up her neck. And just the way that that particular shot was framed, I can tell right now I'm going to love this movie. Yeah. It looks pretty. And yes. I, I really enjoy a gorgeous horror film, you know? So I'm, I'm all there for that. I really like the trend that horror movies are going in, sort of this like elevated, pretty to look at horror, you know? I don't want to say like style above substance because that's really not even the case, you know? I think that we're sort of getting into this trend of horror movies that are independently made that are both stylish and substance filled. So, I mean, it's like a heyday, a golden age of horror for us right now. And we should relish in that. Yeah. Um, guys, like we said before, these trailers are all available on YouTube. So you can go Google them, look them up, or just pay attention to our social media. I'm going to be posting all of these trailers for you to look at. Okay. So go look us up at the film flamers, Twitter and Facebook, find these trailers. And while you're there, tell us what you think about them. 
And even more conveniently, they're right here in the show notes. You don't have to go any further than that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help you enough. Recommendations. Guys, the final segment of our Shooting the Flames is always about recommendations. Okay. Some movies that we have watched recently that we either liked or didn't. So we're going to save you the time. It's not quite a hot take. Not quite a review. We just watched it and here's what we thought. First up, Chris and I both watched a movie. Well, actually, you know what, Chris, why don't you introduce this? Because you mentioned it to me and I watched it afterward. Yeah, so I finally watched The Favorite. And uh, I believe it was up for Best Picture and everything. No, it wasn't. It was uh, just the acting. No, that it was, was up for Best Picture. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, Olivia Coleman won uh, Best Actress for this, uh, playing the Queen. And it is a dark comedy. There is actually some horror-esque elements to some of the music that they play and some of the scenes and everything. It had so much meaning for me. There were so much more layers to it for me. And so I, I immediately reached out to Robert and recommended it because like the end just like killed me. I loved this movie. The, the comedy is so good. The, the mm-hmm. pacing is so good. The acting, everything about this, the costumes... Um, I, I couldn't have done a better job. The, the ending people kind of complain about sometimes because it's a little artsy, but I felt like, you know, it ends with showing basically the choices that they have to live with and what are real relationships and what are fake ones, you know? And, uh, I believe the performances in here really, really sold the betrayal between the queen's true friend and her, you know, kind of sycophants vying for power friend. And uh, it's not quite that shallow. There's a lot more into it. But something that uh, one of the characters says, like, uh, true friendship, true love doesn't lie. And the queen was living with so much pain, essentially, that she wanted the good story. She wanted good news all the time. And she knew she made the wrong choice. But anyway, I know I'm going too into detail here, but it's like you just have to watch the movie and, uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. But uh, I think anyone that's interested in horror which is essentially like what what we read this week a practice and extreme empathy um that anyone that's a horror fan is going to enjoy the favorite and it'd be interesting to see if anyone else watches the favorite and comments on it and lets us know what you think yeah i mean this movie was such an oscar darling and i think i sort of knew it was going to be if you recall chris you sent me this trailer to google hangouts in our chat yeah. You know, before it came out. And I was like, oh, that looks funny, you know? And I mean, I didn't go see it in the theater and I didn't watch it before the Oscars, even though, I mean, it was nominated for things like, you know, Best Picture, Best Director, and costumes, you know? And the, the acting was not, all three of them were nominated. So I knew that the acting had to have been good. And so I sat down to watch it based on your recommendation. And I was floored by how much I actually enjoyed the movie and how much I took away from it. And the performances were fantastic. And I mean, as far as like horror adjacency goes, I can totally see that because you never know the kind of people that you surround yourself with and who you bring into your close circle. And the stuff that I took away from this movie really has a lasting cultural impact as to what we're going through right now as Americans. I think we have a leader who surrounds himself with whoever will give him all the yeses that he wants. 
And it was just scary to watch it from that particular context, especially the ending. And the script for this movie was floating around for decades, but it was not going to be made like in the early 90s or whenever because they were afraid that it wasn't centered around a man mm-hmm. and it had some gay elements in it. Well, a big gay element in some it. Gay. I was just like, I know, because Chris also said, he's like, did you know it was LGBT? And I was just like, I knew there was something about it. And then I watched it. And I was like, I have never seen a more lesbian film than this. <laughs> well, I mean, and let's be honest, like it's... Uh, Wait. <laughs> Did you say let's be honest? Let's be honest. <laughs> and let's be honest, Chris. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it was also interesting because it, it barely uh, passes the reverse Bechdel test. Yeah. And if anyone knows what the Bechdel test is, it's basically if a woman is speaking in a film uh, and it's not about a man you know and it's a relationship with another woman you know basically it's like are, are these females like real a woman people? speaking to another woman not speaking about a man it barely passes the reverse Bechdel test where men are speaking about something other than women mm-hmm. right yeah and the only thing that saves it from that is they're talking about a pet duck in one scene. That <laughs> Is makes that it, the, that's, that's the one? the only scene where men aren't talking about the women. So it's uh, it's really interesting. It's a very feminist film, in my opinion. It's yeah. a very important film. And I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend it. Yep. This is an important movie to watch. Everyone needs to go do it. And it's um, funny. It is funny. You know, I watch a lot of horror movies. But, I mean, I do watch other things, you know. And it's, it's really good for me to sit down and watch a movie that is this powerful and this well-made. You know, aside from, you know, some of the the other crap that I watch, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's really nice to sit down and watch a really good movie with great performances. And I, I like Chris said, I can't recommend it enough. And thank you for pushing me in that direction. Because otherwise, it probably would have taken me years to watch this movie. Oh, I still well, haven't seen The Artist, for God's sake. So. <laughs> me either. <laughs> and I meant to. <laughs> so, uh, what did you watch? Um, I watched a couple movies lately. Um, I watched a movie called Overlord. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's on my list. Yeah, it's by like this producer called J.J. Abrams. I don't know. I mean, who's heard of that? I was really looking forward to this movie based on the trailers last fall when it came out. I didn't go see it in the theater, um, mostly because my my husband really doesn't like horror movies. And I mean, I'm not going to make him go watch something like that. Uh, But I watched it and hoping for the best. I didn't quite get exactly what I wanted. This movie, first and foremost, is a war movie and a horror movie second. And that's fine. I enjoy a good war movie. It's well made. I just wish that it really took the horror in a different direction. And um, I wish it was scarier. It's very stylish. Like yeah, it- I've heard so many good things about this, but everyone has that moment when they're describing it to me when they say, but. Yeah. You know? It's, um, I mean, out of five, I would give it a solid maybe like three, maybe a two and a half even. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just, I wanted so, so much from it. Um, on the flip side of that, I really wanted to see this movie called Un- Unfriended Dark Web. Right? <laughs> it's okay. a sequel to Unfriended. Have you, did you watch that? No. It's like a supernatural movie, but the entire thing takes place on a computer screen. So people are like in video chats. Oh, the entire thing? Yeah. And so you can see them switching from windows and doing searches and so on and so forth. And I liked the first one. Um, I found it a little tedious, you know. That does seem tedious. But um, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, I really, really... changed to their own concept. 
I really wanted to see this new one because it seemed different. And I totally forgot about it until Andrew from Friday the 13th posted something on Twitter saying that he liked it. And I was just like, oh, I forgot I wanted to watch this. So I sat down to watch it just like two nights ago. And this movie's really good, surprisingly. Wow. Like, better than it should be, even. It's the same basic format. So everything you're watching is basically on someone's computer screen. But there's so many different characters and things involved. And they've pretty much they've erased the entire supernatural element. So it's just a human antagonist coming from the dark web to kill them. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's good. I do want to say one last thing about recommendations. And I watched a movie called Braid just last night. Um, It was a lot to take in. Uh, talking about style over substance and horror movies. This is one of those options, you know, it's very, very stylish, but it has a lot to say. Um, I'm going to come back to it and talk about it again, maybe next month. Cause I think I need to watch it a couple more times. It was so good, but I don't understand why I liked it yet. Yeah. So, okay. That's it. I have one last thing and it's like a little mini rant. Uh, I went out and watched Captain Marvel. I was not really impressed with any of the trailers that came out and it's not the best Marvel movie and it's certainly not the worst. I'd give it a solid three and a half out of five. It's fun. It's entertaining the whole way through. It had some, you know, muddy scripting and uh, pacing issues at the beginning, but it kind of just ramped up more and more and more. But my rant is about the trolling that basically happened with this film. You go to Rotten Tomatoes, and especially if you went to Rotten Tomatoes before the film came out, it had more reviews, uh, audience reviews, than the Avengers movie had on its entire run. And it was all from trolls basically saying it's a social justice warrior movie. It's it's a feminist propaganda. They're shoving this down our throats, blah, 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 on and on and on. And some of the most toxic stuff you'd ever here is in these comments and reviews. Uh, I went to IGN, I think, uh, who I watched uh, reviews from from time to time, oh, and too. they left a positive review for the film, and it was downvoted like 15,000 times. It's ridiculous. And it was all this toxic bullshit, like the Jews are shoving all this liberal, you know, uh, super feminazi, blah, 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 right? And it's just... <sighs> It's just kind of disgusting and embarrassing. I thought we were past this. You know, I know that we have this movement that was riled up by Trump's election and everything, but I thought that was just like a blip. But I mean, it just reared its ugly head in such a huge way for this film. And even people that I trusted for reviews, like I I think I looked up like Jeremy John's like spoiler review for the film, not his non-spoiler, but but he was asking questions like, how did she like soak up the energy from like the blast to be like her superpowers or something? It's like, you don't ask those questions about the Hulk or something else. So it's like when we get these films about, or at least certain films, not all, but some films about women, they seem to get a lot more flack and higher scrutiny certainly higher levels of scrutiny than their male counterparts. Like, why didn't she have an emotional reaction to this? I thought she didn't show enough emotion. She showed too much emotion. She did this. She did that. I felt I was being pandered to with some of the music that they chose. Okay, well, it takes place in the 90s and she's a she's a woman, right? So they're going to play music like that. Did you say the same thing when you watched Guardians of the Galaxy? Because there was a whole retro movement, right? So I feel like there's a lot of built-in internal bias, whether that's racism or sexism or anything else that people just need to deal with. Because if you find yourself being really scrutinizing in ways that you don't normally do for other films, certainly other superhero movie films, and there's been 20 in the Marvel Universe alone over like the last 10 years, right? And they're all based around men, right? 
and most of them, the vast majority of them, white men. Yeah. And so there's a certain amount of privilege there. And so you can see that none of those movies got the flag, despite what they were trying to strike as the iron was hot, whether that be like a retro movement, 80s type of thing, you know, 70s, 80s thing from Guardians of the Galaxy, or like an, you know, offbeat for Thor Ragnarok that tried to capitalize on what happened with Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, or anything else. You know, there's such a huge amount of scrutiny given to an okay movie, Captain Marvel, that's just not fair. And it just grossed me out. And you know what? It's it's going to survive that, obviously. It's going to make a shit ton of money. And it obviously, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's past what all expectations, regardless of it's those. the first movie this year to make over um, $100 million. Trolling reviews. March, I mean, yeah. yeah. So you know what? I'm glad. And uh, you know what? If you're scrutinizing whether a woman is too emotional or not emotional enough, you can go fuck yourself. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. When they first announced Captain Marvel, I mean, like, I, it's not a character that I'm fully aware of. But I saw that people were sort of celebrating the fact that there was going to be finally another superhero movie with a lead female heroine, right? So at this point, we just have Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, you know, as the yeah. leads. Well, people in defending themselves here, they say, well, Wonder Woman didn't get this reaction. It's because no one expects DC to succeed, right? And, and they yeah. didn't have that entitlement with the 20 movies surrounding the, the white guys or whatever. DC is struggling to try and make things work. And I went to go see Captain Marvel, and I don't normally go see superhero movies, but I wanted, I wanted to see this one. And I certainly want to support, you know, a female director too right well it's a partnership yeah yeah, but i mean i'm all i'm there for that and i really thought that in this day and age we were going to see a rally of support for a movie like this right well they're voting with their money so maybe we're right yeah but i was just so disappointed after seeing all that you know and also like uh back to that wonder woman thing she's essentially a deity captain marvel is a completely different character in that she's just a regular person that keeps getting off the ground when she's pushed down well and i was doing some research into this trolling thing too and a lot of people are like well is she likable is she going to be likable enough to carry a movie i'm like well that's fucking bullshit too yeah i was like no one ever asked that question of anybody else that's so ridiculous so brie larson also has a little bit of history here that people have taken out of context where she was talking about this film she made called wrinkle in time now some of you may remember that as a beloved childhood book but essentially the film was made for girls and girls of color and women of color and that's the predominant demographic they're shooting for but when 99 percent of reviewers out there are straight white men then you're not going to get accurate reviews because people were asking her why are the reviews so low like what do you have a problem with this can you explain it and she was saying i'd love to hear from more women of color in reviewing these films and i'm sorry but i don't want a 40 year old white man telling me how i should react to this you know as a woman of color or a woman in general that's right you know and so she wasn't saying she hated white guys she's like married to one or she's a fiance to one i mean obviously she's white herself she wasn't saying that at all she was basically saying you know when when films are made for specific demographics it'd be nice to hear from that demographic what they think about it instead of hearing from 99 percent white guys well and i think i read somewhere that when she was doing press junket she actively said i want to see women and people of color and especially women of color first And so when she went out to talk about this particular movie, that's what she wanted to do. And so a lot of these, you know, cis white men were sort of kept out of the process, or at least they were coming in second when they're not used to that sort of thing. They got all butthurt. It affected their review and they actively spoke out against it, which is disgusting, really. Yeah. Well, any kind of threats to there's a there's a segment, obviously, of cis white men out there that just feel incredibly threatened right now. And guess what? 
none of these people are saying it's bad to be that, or if they are, they're wrong. It's okay to be a cis white man. It's perfectly wonderful. It's just as wonderful as being anything else. You can't help who you are. But right? don't knee jerk and don't be a fucking troll. Yes. God. I mean, I was flabbergasted at some of the things that I read. And I mean, like, I I liked Captain Marvel. I thought it was a decent movie. I liked it more than a lot of superhero movies that I've seen recently. You don't have to like the movie. No, Just you don't, don't. Put it under this like magnifying glass of high scrutiny. I'll debate the movie and its merits and its failings all day with you. Like I'm completely on board with that. But let's not go to this higher or other or darker, toxic, weird, sexist yeah. level that I'm seeing people do left and right here. Well, mostly right. Let's keep it real. <laughs> T. And that's my rant. Uh, I think that we should make rants a um, a permanent segment on shooting the flames, right? Let's Possibly. Just find something. We'll what really grinds your gears, right? <sighs> I mean, yeah. that made me feel so much better. You guys, let me know what you think about that rant, and if you agree or disagree, I am totally willing to have a conversation. Leave me an angry voicemail. I don't care. That's right. We are in a position as podcasters to get the same kind of responses from people. Anybody who wanted to could go to Apple Podcasts and, you know, leave us a five-star review. And if you don't want to leave us a five-star review, you can email us. (laughs) 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 You're right. I don't want to follow on with that particular train of thought. So I'm putting things in people's heads. You know what? They're not even listening to this anyway. We have a target audience and we love you and you're there for us. It's great. Yes. Thank you. Guys, I think that's just about everything that we have to talk about this month. Chris, is there anything else you need to add? I think that's about it. Okay. Just to let you guys know again... You can contact us on social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter or Facebook. You can email us at the email address that Chris just said. Tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. That's right. Do not forget our new Film Flamers hotline. We want to hear your actual voice, leaving us some comments and especially questions. We love to answer listener questions. So send them in. That number one more time is 972-666-7733. That's right. And finally, you could also find all of our bonus content on Patreon. This month, we have sequel ideas for student bodies coming out, and we're doing some more entrails of a scene, where Chris and I each pick a scene from a movie that we were impressed by for a myriad of reasons and sort of break it down for you. And there could even be some more bonus content coming out. So check us out on patreon.com slash thefilmflamers. I'm really tired after that rant. <laughs> he doesn't even have enough energy to say sweet dreams. <laughs> I have to sweat off your brow too. Me, so me, that me, ranty me, sweat. Me, <laughs> me, 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 me. Come on, Shep. 